Because you know, I like fragrances. Is this a real or a knockoff? No, 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 it's a, it's a real. Is it, it's just one of these, like, <laughs> smell number 57, and it's. <laughs> what do you want to do? Sources of fragrance are questionable okay, at best. Okay, can I, uh, I love fragrances, right? It's my thing. Everybody has their thing. We're going to hear about your thing very soon, right? <laughs> my, I don't, what's your thing? Fredo's. Yeah, chocolate. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Mine's is fragrances, right? So I've got okay. a collection of fragrances. And there's a fragrance. Do you know Baccarat Rouge? 540. No. That's a really famous fragrance, right? It's something like... 300. Sounds like a horse entry. <laughs> right. 50 pence each way. Right. And um, and that's like £300 a bottle. There's no way on earth would I ever pay £300 for a bottle of perfume, right? So this is a clone of Baccarat Rouge 540. So it is a knockoff. No, it's not a knockoff. It's a clone. They don't call it a knockoff. It's a clone. It's a clone. What is the difference between a clone right, and a okay, knockoff? Right. We'll get to podcasting just Semantics a second. Semantics here. Right. Exactly. So it's, it. it's a clone of Baccarat Rouge. So it's, 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 it's bang on Baccarat right. Rouge, right? So right. it's just called um, Club de Nuit Untold. It's a unisex fragrance and it's uh, by a company called Armaf. I am not being sponsored by them. Right. Did you get sm- sports socks at the same time? See, I now want you to smell both of them yeah, side I by need them, side. I need them both. See. No, that's very pleasant. But you don't know Baccarat Amy McDonald wears Baccarat Rouge. Matt Goss wore Baccarat Rouge. Yeah, but they'll probably buy the real one. But you smell M A. No, this is nice. Matt. Yeah, that's what Matt wears. It's nice, yeah. yeah. What do you think? It's very sweet, isn't it? Mm. Like... Put on your wrist and then at the end of the podcast you can tell me what you think. You don't like that? It smells like I'm, I've got my nose in a picking mix. <laughs> like a big bag of sweeties at the cinema. It's actually just making me want to go to the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Will it turn yeah. your wrist green though? No. No. Oh no, I don't know. You don't like that? It's so sweet. Right. It's like I want to go and eat something sweet now. Yeah. Anyway, should we start? <laughs> should we start? Happy? Right, I'm, I'm happy, right? I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? Yes, I'm ready to go. go. You ready, Kat? Oh, we should. Uh, Jamie, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready to go. Right, roll the titles. So I've got this sheep castrating device that I've not used yet and I'm absolutely choking to use it and they're like, <laughs> how would you verbally humiliate you and Cameron? So anything to do with like butt plugs and anal play. And that was the point that I learned that I was already kinky. It just didn't, I just didn't know just what didn't I had know. names. Here we go. In three, two... One. Hello and welcome to You and Cat's Uncut Podcast, where we meet some wonderful, interesting, funny, intelligent, bright people. And that's just us two. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, your best intro yet. <laughs> so, so we've um, we've had um, um, celebrities um, mm-hmm. in the sh- on the show. We've had musicians on the show, yep. and uh, actors, writers, actors, writers pop, stars. pop stars. We've had them all on the show. Who's right? on today, Ian? So who is on the show today? Now we're all about meeting some wonderful, interesting people. And the young lady sitting to my right, I met for the first time in 2015. We've been friends ever since. If truth be told, where she is today is partly my responsibility. I thrust her into the public um, spotlight. Would that be fair to say? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would say you... you. <laughs> is he blowing his own trumpet right, okay. a little bit? Right, okay, right, okay. I, mean, I, I was kind of already in it through through other reasons. I'm not, I've, not, I've not even introduced so you yet. I've not introduced okay. you yet. So we've known each other for about, what, seven, eight years. Um, 
She's a dominatrix and she is also a life coach and she's got a fascinating story and I love her to bits and she's got the best dungeon that I've ever been in. And can I just point out... How many dungeons have you been in? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. You can't say something like she's got the best dungeon I've ever been in without us knowing how many you've been in. I was in a dungeon once in Amsterdam. (laughs) Why did you nearly choke when you were? (laughs) So I was in a, uh, okay. in, and, but it wasn't as good as the dungeon that um, our guest has got. Right. Um, please welcome to the podcast, the one and only <laughs> Megara Fury. Uh, can I just point out the, the dungeon that I went to in Amsterdam was actually like a museum. You know, there's a sex museum yeah. in Amsterdam and there was a dungeon in there. Your dungeon was better. Thank you. Where did it start? How did you start and what is involved? Because I, I need to know every detail. Okay, okay. Um, so we probably need to zip all the way back to when I was like 18, 19. And I was in a relationship with someone and he was quite derogatory about people that were in that industry or in any sort of adult industry. Even though he had a literal suitcase full of porno mags in his cupboard. I remember getting in his cupboard one day and I moved this suitcase and it undid and it opened up and this magazines were cascading out of it and I'm like what the hell he's he's really against this thing so I formed my opinion based on his opinion and so I went through life just absolutely hating the whole industry thinking it was seedy it was disgusting I would never want part of it and it was really a lot down to my own insecurities as well because I really wanted this guy to like me and to love me and and I thought if I have anything to do with any of that stuff he might not like me or love me so then, um, Can I ask how old you are here? I was, what, 19? Right, okay. 19. Impressionable, naive. He was a bit older, he was 25, um, and I just, I worshipped him. I thought that, you know... Yeah, so you're basically going through, out. what can I do to make him love yeah, me? Yeah, absolutely. And, and see, when I look back on it, and I even say that out loud, I don't recognise yeah. myself at all. Fast forward a wee bit, and we've split up, and I'm working uh, in car sales, so I'm working with a whole bunch of guys, really. We went on a works night out one night, and... They said to me, at the end, come towards the end of the night, it's about one in the morning or something, they said, do you want to go to the chicken dippers? What? The chicken dippers. And I'm like... Rhyme and slang. Aye, are we going for food? Because I'm thinking we're going to go and get chicken nuggets, right? And I'm starving at this point. And they said... Big box of breast and legs. Aye, so I'm like, where, where are we going to get nuggets at this point, right? Exactly, breast and legs all over the shop. And, uh, and they said, they said no, no, we're not going for food. We're going to the strippers, the chicken dippers, the strippers. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I don't do things like that. That's, that's, that's disgusting. Nah, you'll not catch me in there. And they were like, oh, stop being such a prude. Like, you'll, you'll have a great night. And if you just go for one drink and you don't like it, we'll all leave, right? Is that fair? And I said, right, OK, fine. So I'm like, face like thunder, don't want to be there. I'm not going, I'm not going to like this. I'm just going to, it'll be one drink and I'm planning it out in my head. I'll have a shot. That's what we'll have. I'll have a shot. So I don't even need to stay that long. And um, so we get to the door and uh, it was seventh heaven. Oh, the door's open and the guy lets us in and I was looking round and I was like, oh, this place is magical. I fucking love it. Like, Straight away. Like, instantly. Because there was, there was women like, walking about with these giant heels looking absolutely amazing and I just felt like, I felt the energy in the whole place. It was, it's like unmistakable. So I go in and we go down the stairs and I can hear the music and everything and I'm like, I'm loving this even more. 
uh, and I'm trying to hide it because I've just <laughs> slated it all the way up there. And um, and I get in those big devil faces, and that's my kind of aesthetic. Like I love all that kind of skulls and devils and everything. And that was all over the walls, and I just thought this is brilliant. And um, as we get downstairs into the main bit, there was a thing happening called the mega strip. So I mean, it's a health and safety nightmare now. You would <laughs> they wouldn't be doing it, but um, they play a song and. There was dancers like hanging off the bar, crawling across it, like on tables, the whole thing, and everyone was dancing at the one time, taking their tops off and all this. And and I was like, this is like Coyote Ugly. You remember that movie? Yeah. Film, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> and um, as soon as the the my mate was standing next to me, he's like a one eyed cat in a fish shop. He's trying to look at everybody <laughs> at the one time. And um, loving his life. <laughs> Absolutely loving life. And he's like he's like, here, here. And he's trying to give me money and I'm like, what's this for? And he's like it's half price dances as soon as this, this song finishes. What one do you want? And I was like <laughs> so there was a girl that was standing above us and um, and he, he, he gave her money and he's like take her for a dance so I went in and had a dance and I'm just like I don't know what to do here I felt super awkward but actually it was just like I was just trying to look about and go like take all of this in and um, so I had my dance came back sat down and he's like what did you think and I went this, I love this place this is magical and he's like I knew you would like it I knew you would like it I'm going to go get a drink and I'll come back so he goes up to get a drink and I'm just sitting and I'm looking about and um, and I I can see these girls coming over to the guys, the other guys that we were with and most of them are coming up and they're saying, do you want to dance? And they're like, no, all right then. And they just walk off again. So I'm a car saleswoman at that point and I'm like, well, they could have had a bit more of a conversation and then if they'd had more of a conversation, they could have maybe talked them in to get a dance and, and now my business brain's kicking in because I'm thinking... I could make money at this because they, like, these women are just normal women like me. I mean, they're dressed fancy and all so that. So on that very first night, you thought, I, "This is something I could get get involved." Instantly, in. I so went it's... from, "I don't like the industry. This is not for me. I hate it. I don't want to go to. I want a job here." And then you can make money. <laughs> I, I'm like, I could make money at this, and um, so the next day, I didn't say it to my friend, but the next day we were in work absolutely hanging because we were all hungover and um, and I said listen I need to talk to you I, I think I, I liked that la- like a lot last night and I kind of want to work there and he's like right but don't tell any of the guys because you don't how are you going to avoid because like, we go there on a night out so you'll need to know that whenever they're going out and not work that night and so we had it all planned out and um, I said I don't, don't even have a job yet so I phoned them up you phoned up I phoned the up, day after? phoned up the next day. And, the 7th um, Heaven? Uh-huh. And I spoke to Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Blonde lassie. Um, she doesn't work there anymore. But she said to me, have you ever danced before? And I said no. And she went, well, you, you can't get a job here. You need to go and learn how to dance because we can't just fling you in. Like, you need to get some experience. And I said, well, how do I do that? And she went, I don't know. <laughs> that was it. How are you doing? And I'm like, it's harder than I thought to get a job. <laughs> so what did you do after that? Did you get dance lessons then? I didn't get two dance lessons. Two? Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. It's hardly um, strictly. <laughs> so um, I just thought I'll learn as I go, but I'll go and get the lessons and just figure it out for there. So I ended up speaking to a woman called Dawn Love, and she was she's like one of the oldest um the oldest strippers in the UK, like she's famous for it. And um, she had this dance school and, and I went along and it wasn't her, it was someone else that was teaching me. 
taught me how to do a basic pole dance and how to do a basic lap dance. So I had two, le- two one-hour lessons and that was me thinking I'm good to go here. <laughs> and um, and then I, I phoned back. I said, right, I've had my lessons now. <laughs> Can I come in? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm I sell cars and bold as brass. Yeah. You're blagging it, aren't you? Aye. <laughs> and she went, right, okay then. Well, you can come in and you'll do an audition. And I said, right. So I went in to do the audition. It was before the club started. And um, they would get the security guys to come down and a couple of other dancers just to watch and, and they'll give their feedback on it. So... I went down, I had to do one song on stage and then I had to take my top off halfway through. And I'd never really, like, I wasn't... That's a I bold move, isn't I, it? You've never done it. Stone Cold like Sober as well. <laughs> so, wow. So I went down, my pal had come with me, he's sitting in the car outside. And um, so I went down, done the dance, took my top off. Then I had to dance for another dancer who happened to be the DJ's girlfriend. And... And I did the dance for her and she, she went away and spoke to him and so did the security guys who'd watched the show. And um, and he came out and he went, right, that's you. What's your dance name? Um, you're going to be fine. He says, what we'll do is we'll keep you off stage for a couple of months. Your lap dance is good, but your stage work needs a bit of work. And I was like, right, OK. I thought, I'm going to get this with a hook leg spin. This will be me. <laughs> So what was it like then your very first night when there was people there paying you to dance? What what did that oh, feel like? That, my first dance, I was shaking, I was terrified. And it wasn't really about, it wasn't anything to do with the boobs or anything like that. I just wanted to do a good job. What was, what was your name? Jada. 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 Where did that come from? Um, oh no, sorry, it was Jade. And then it was Jada in Newcastle because it was already a Jade. All right, and, okay. Um, that came, he said, what's your dance name? And I went, I didn't even think of that. And one of the girls who was walking by went, she looks like a jade. And that was it. <laughs> that was how it came. There was no big story or anything. Yeah. There was another woman that was working in there and her name was was Portia. It was dead, but her real name was Max. <laughs> <laughs> I just found all that so funny. But um, So yeah, so we, I'm in there and they told me all the rules. You know, if anybody's rude to you, if anybody's... Um, tries to touch you or anything like that you go and tell security straight away we get them out because we can't have that we can't even let one slide because if you let it slide if you let it slide they'll do it to somebody else yeah and um so and are that, they very strict with that then super strict yeah aye and um did you feel safe then in so that safe yep. yeah safer in there than i did in a normal club because really in a normal club you, you know i've i've been grabbed in clubs and i've said to a bouncer and they go do you want me to do yeah like i'm gonna put him out he's a paying customer and so that that was a real difference between being in a strip club. If somebody was... I remember a guy called me a cow one night and he says, oh, shut up, you cow. And I went, right. And I went up to the bouncer and I've never seen somebody... He literally pulled him out of his shoes to get me out the, <laughs> the club. And I thought, God, that's power, isn't it? Like, that's... You had the power. There's consequences in here yeah. for your actions. So how many years? That. How many years did you do that for then? So I did that for a good a good few years. And were I you still around, working as a car salesman as well? Were you still working in car sales? Yeah. So you were doing that, and then part time you're working as yeah. a dancer at Seventh Heaven. Yep. And then I left car sales and I get into pharmaceutical sales. Through I'd done a dance for a guy and, and uh, he worked in pharmaceutical sales and I said, I'm really bored of cards, car sales, I'd love to what, do that. But when you were dancing? 
Uh huh. We were having this chat while I'm dancing. I mean, that's an interesting interview, isn't it? <laughs> I know. That being that's a, out your CV, <laughs> and he's like, "You've got some chat. I think you'd be good at it." And I was like, "Cool." And then I never really said anything. Like we didn't exchange details or anything like that. But I had said that I worked in car sales. So then he made it his business to go and find me in the car place. He, he just happened to. He, he ended up walking into the into the car garage that I was working in, and he's like, "I've been looking for you." He says, we've got a job opening up and I think you'd be great at it. So if you're still actually interested yeah. and it wasn't just something to get more dances off me, um, let me know. And I said, right, OK. And um, I said, I am, I'm interested. He says, right, you need to phone that number, send your CV over and we'll get you in for an interview. And he got me the job and, and I worked in pharmaceutical sales for over a year. And that came from that. From that? Isn't uh-huh. that mental? So yeah. how did it go from that? Which is, I mean... <sighs> To be that confident to take your top off in front of people gives me the absolute fear because I have massive. I'm just not confident body wise at all. Okay. So I, at the end of this, I'm going to get all your top tips to empower me right, to make me feel. Yeah. I'm not going to take my. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting my tits out. You. Um, so how did it go from lap dance, yeah. you know, working in an environment like that, to actually then end up being a dominatrix? Because that's a very, very different skill set, isn't it? So I've I've always been into kink, but I just didn't know it had names. And what do you mean? So the things that I was doing in in my sex life were just what I was doing. It was just normal to me. So were you doing this before you were working in the club, dancing in the club, or did I, it bring it more so, out of you? So the guy that was really prudish about like porn stars, even though he had a suitcase full of magazines, was actually quite adventurous. Like. Him and I were quite adventurous together, so we'd done stuff together like tried um, things and did I tried things. things shit, yeah. out. There was a bit of tying up. Um, I get absolutely steaming one night, and I was like, "I want to pee in you," and he's like, "Okay." <laughs> and then so we did that. <laughs> he's like, "Where's that, that because come you were bursting, or because you thought it might have been erotic? This will be." filthy and that's what I wanted to do and I just I had the idea and I said to him I wanted to do it and he was like okay cool and we did it and um, I was like ah it was alright <laughs> well, he's just lying there so, so that, that's so, so, so. I'm like it was alright <laughs> so, I, pre- I prefer pakora <laughs> and, and you hot dogs <laughs> So you, you're already experimenting in your private life. Aye, but I didn't know any of that was kinky. I what thought it was normal. So oh, you I was thought, kind of So you thought everybody was doing that? Aye, I just thought that's sex. That's what it is. I didn't realise that there was people that were only doing missionary. <laughs> it fucking blew my mind when I found that. I was like, the fuck? So... <laughs> <laughs> no judgment, right? But obviously, there's a lot more stuff that you can do as long as you. I've never been in my way, in my own way, mentally. That, and I think that's main, mainly because I was with somebody that was a wee bit older and a bit more adventurous, and he just, was just like, "Just do whatever you feel like doing." Like it's between us. We are we are experimenting together. It's consensual, and it's consensual. So you know, and he never ever pushed me to do anything I didn't want to do, and like. And we were very, very good at speaking about things and talking it through. So so I was already doing all these adventurous things. And then, you know, I started working in the strip club after we'd split up. And um, then I'm sitting talking to this big goth guy and he'd like, you know, those big giant uh, boots, you know, the big platform. Uh, yes. And I'm like, how do you walk in them? 
And then there's a guy on stage and he had his pants pulled down and he's getting his bum scalped by Shay Louise. That was the dancer that was doing it. Her and I are still friends. And um, so she's scalping his arse. And, um, and then um, I was talking to this goth guy and, and I can't remember how we got onto the subject, but we're talking about this guy on stage. And he said, oh, my friend does that for a living. And I said, what do you mean, does that for a living? Like, Spanks guy's on stage and he's like, no, no, she, she's a dominatrix. And I'm like, oh, right, okay. Well, that sounds like a cool job title. So I thought, <laughs> I fancy that. This, this is the most bizarre career path I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> so I was like, this sounds good. And I said, all right. And I asked him a bit more about it and he told me about it. And um, he said, she's looking for somebody to train right now. And it's weird all these things just keep falling yeah, in my... Isn't it? I know. It's like all is that sliding door thing, yeah. isn't it? And I think part of it's because I'm so open to these things and I share a lot with people. Mm-hmm. So then when you share who you are and what you're up to and what you like and what you don't like with people, it, it does open up opportunities and doors because people go, oh, I know somebody that knows somebody and all of that stuff. So if you keep things hidden, then you don't get those opportunities. But So I'm talking to this guy and he said, she, she's looking for somebody to train. And I says, well, give me her details. So he gave me her details and I contacted her. I said, look, I spoke to somebody in Seventh Heaven. Um, he said, you might be looking for somebody to train and, and I'm really interested in it. So she invited me up to do a session at hers and she had some like, a client there and everything. And um, she said, I just want to see how you get on and how you react to things. And if you're uncomfortable with anything, obviously, you can just say. And I said, right, OK. So I turned up. I didn't know what to wear or anything. I'm like, oh, probably just all black or something. So I think it was something similar to this. And um, so I turned up, there's another person there as well. This guy's on his hands and knees and she's like, right, kiss her feet. So he goes over and kisses his shoes and I'm like, all right, okay, this is fine. And um, and then it progressed from there to, let's attach clothes pegs all down his body and take them off with a whip. <laughs> so I was doing this. I'm, That's part two of the lesson. Yeah, <laughs> right, okay. like, target practice. So I'm taking these things off with a, with a whip and, um, and the other girl that was there was a bit, she was a bit more cautious. She's like, oh, I don't know, am I going to hurt him? Is it like, oh, should I be... But I was just getting stuck right in. I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. I'm loving this. So you're having fun doing this. You're I, enjoying this. Absolutely. I'm like, and he's fine with it. Uh, mm. Right, cool, crack on. Like, that, that's my conscience out the window as long as he's okay. Because he's also consenting. Absolutely. Because that's what he likes. Yes. Yeah, and, a consenting adult, and this is what he wants. And who am I to make that weird for him? Like, who, who am I to kind of make that whole well, situation? you've asked to come into this situation. Uh, so. exactly. And you're not judging him. Yeah. No, that's what he likes and that's what he all. wants. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then I'm, I'm at the end of the session. She says, "Look, you're going to be fine. You can just start booking guys in because, like, you're you're." She's what we'll do is if you've got any questions, if you get a session request, you're unsure what to do or what it is, just come to me and, and we'll talk it through. And so I just learned as I went along. Um, I had to pick a name, created a website, all of that stuff, and and I just went for it. And within a year, I had my own place. So when did you give up the pharmaceutical sales side of things to become a professional full-time dominatrix? So I gave up the I gave up the pharmaceutical thing after a year. Long before dominatrix. I was a dominatrix um because then I moved I moved out to Dubai and I had a friend out there she was working as a, a an air hostess. So I went out there to see her and and then I ended up getting a job out there. Um, just selling car park flooring so I had a bit of a break and I know <laughs> I sold car park flooring in Dubai and then I was 
Take him back and open the dungeon. Toddling about um, building sites, talking to people, just kept asking me to go for dinner with them, and I'm like, buy some car park flooring. I like to buy it. And uh, and then I ended up working in a it was a car rental company as an office manager. But I'm working with a whole bunch of Filipino staff and I've got a thick Scottish accent and nobody could understand what I was asking them to do. So nothing was getting done. And the boss was coming in. He was Jordanian and he was very hot-tempered. And he used to come in with a big giant cigar and he's flinging chairs about and flinging paper at me. And I'm just like, I don't like this. Not for me. So I'm going to go home. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I went back home. and, um, And then it was... After that, so I, I came back home, ended up going down to Newcastle and dancing down there for a bit. Um, and I was splitting my time between Scotland and Newcastle. And then um, I ended up over in America. And one of the girls that I was working with in, in Newcastle, she married a guy in, in America who was a, a, a Navy doctor. And then he ended up on deployment. So he disappeared for nine months just after they get married. And she's like, I'm stuck out here by myself. Do you want to come out? There's a strip club along the road. You could work. Like, it'll be fine. So I'm like, hi. Like, tits are tits, aren't they? Like, Scottish tits in America, let's do it. So I was, I just went out. And um, I went out there and ended up working in a club called Cherries. And, uh, your story's unreal. <laughs> I'm kind of like it's the quietest I've ever heard during my life. Like, <laughs> here's, like, the whole point is, is we're sit to, we're meant to stand sit here and interview here, but my jaw's just like that. I'm like, what happened next? Right. Like, but, Where'd you go after that? As, 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 <laughs> I, as I said at the beginning of the this podcast, is a movie by the way. I know this is a movie. As, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I've known Megara for what seven eight years, and I'd know I don't know half of this. Yeah. I, I, I don't know any of this stuff. That's I'm for here sure. For the day we're going nowhere. Yeah, we're, and and since then she's been on Fight Channel Five, Channel Four, BBC Radio Five Live. Mm. She's done. Oh, I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. Well, that's because yeah. uh, you helped her get on the telly. That, that obviously, was, that was you know, the point, I owe you I, everything. I know. My career, my so life. She came back from America. <laughs> she was in America working at Cherries. Yep. <clears throat> so I went to America, worked in Cherries. Um, while I was over there, I ended up meeting a guy. And <laughs> these people used to meet these random We fell people. in love. And oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, and we, like, I think at that time, I was kind of, I was always just searching for something that was going to make me feel good or make me feel happy. Because at the time, I was kind of, I was a bit tired for all the working. I was probably out partying a wee bit too much. And, um, and I thought, right, I need to get my life together. So she'd get married to this guy and, and now she's like living the life of Riley because he's a, he's a Navy doctor and he's got all the money and all this. And um, and I just thought, I've met this guy, married people seem to have it together. That's what I'll do. I'll get married. Fucking terrible idea. So Did you marry him? Aye. So me and him get married and we, we ended up married for a year. And that's longer just, than I thought. I'll not lie, but longer than I thought. I and um, I went down. We went down to the courthouse and get married. No wedding rings or anything. I was wearing knee high boots, black leather knee high boots. <laughs> of course I was, because it's my style. And um, he didn't even get a haircut for it. So <laughs> he's standing. It's so funny. My pal said to me before I went in. Like, you can back out. I went, no, I'm doing this. And she went, okay. So because she'd said to me as well, you can back out, I went, no, I'm digging my heels in here. So watch me. I'll get married. And um, fucking stubbornness, man. So I go in and um, 
she said to him, do you, do you know what, to take your hat off? Because he was wearing a baseball cap. And he took his hat off and his <laughs> hair just explodes. She went, oh, put that back on. <laughs> so so this guy just married us, the, the guy at the courthouse. And, um, and then we went to Bonnie's Bar and ate pizza. And it was just... You were a married woman. Mental. I had to drag him up the stairs. He was that drunk at the end of the night. There was no consummating or anything. And, um, this, is, this is a Netflix series. I'm telling you. It's a Netflix and we're not even halfway there. I've got to write a book. I've been writing this with my friends. I've been got to write a book. So when you got married in America, mm-hmm. this is an American guy. Uh-huh. So you've got the green card now. No, uh, well, it's quite hard to get a green card. So. All right, but anyway, so you're, you're, you're in America. Yeah. You're married. Did I'm you meet America. him in a strip club? Uh, no, I met him outside at a party. Right, right okay. So you got married yeah. and you're you're living in America for how long? So I'd been I'd been back and forth to America for about a year and a bit, and then I got married to this guy. And we like we spoke every day when I wasn't there, so I was like, maybe this is something. But when you spend a few months away from someone and you, you only spend a few months at a time with them, it's easy to hide stuff from each other and hide who you really are because you only need, really need to put on the performance for a few months. And so when we get married, I think that kind of lifted a bit of the fear and we were like this is who I really am and we found that we just weren't compatible at all um, he had a lot of stuff going on mental health wise so did I really at the time I was kind of I was just a bit lost I think at that time And um, do, you look, do you look for people that you can fix? Oh I was a project person, uh huh, love it love fixing mm-hmm. people I mean it's probably part of why I'm a coach I need to pull that back because it's up yeah. to people to, to fix themselves but I really get a lot out of seeing someone do well and help them to just push them along that journey or at least remove a block from them so that they can take the brakes off I just love it so at what point do you know the marriage doesn't work I would say within about a few weeks a few weeks yeah, because I woke so up. So you're regretting it after two weeks. I woke up the next day and um, he's like, "Right, do you want to go to Bed Bath and Beyond?" And I was like, "Am I not meant to feel different? Like, am I not meant to? How come this has? How come I feel the same? I thought getting married would have this big effect, but I was just young. Like, mm. I was naive, and I was just—I don't know what I was thinking. And um, and I felt at that time, I thought, right, it's done now. Like, you might as well just give it a shot. Um, and we did, we did give it a shot, but we just weren't right for each other. And um, and then I moved home and and we divorced. So it only lasted a year. And see, the whole time that you're married, is this you know you've you've dabbled in the dominatrix thing. You've you've had a little bit of oh, training. I'm not, I'm not a dom yet at this point. Well, you've dabbled in it. You've kind of trained on it. Yeah. No. Um, no, no, I haven't. I, I'm not even aware that domination exists. Oh, so this oh, is all so happening. Right, okay. That we break thing. Yeah. So. So then we get, we divorce and and I decided right I'm going to go to uni I'm going to go do something with my life because it's no marriage it's not that so it needs to be something else. When you thought it was marriage, it wasn't. Yeah. So there's something else that you needed to do. I was looking I, th- I was looking for purpose and fulfilment. I think that's what I needed. So many people still are though. So so, it's so, so so let's get to that point where you're now whipping off clothes pegs from a naked man's body. Yes. Right. Um, so <clears> do you know during that training session yep. this is now your life absolutely so you know it then I knew it I, I'm like it was like a like when I first sat in the strip club I knew it was like a like a real certainty you know when you're sitting in a place and you're like I'm supposed to be here yeah 
it was like that. There was you know no you're going to be good at it. Doubt. I'm like, this is my, this is it for me. And I had the exact same feeling when I was in that dungeon. I thought, this is it. The first time you were ever there. Right, I have never been in a dungeon. Okay. You need to come in my dungeon. I have never been there. Ian <laughs> keeps trying to get me to go, but I was kind of scared, I'll not lie. And now that I've met you, I'm not scared of you, but I'm, yeah. I'm scared of the of what it is, of the possibilities of, of what lies beyond that dungeon door. So day one, you're getting taught how to be a trainee dominatrix. What is on that list? What is, what is on that list available for clients that come in to that dungeon? So that was one of the things that I really needed to figure out. And that was the point that I learned that I was already kinky. It just didn't, I just didn't know just didn't what I had know. names. Because mm-hmm. she said to me, right, I'm doing your website what are you prepared to do and what you're not prepared to do? And I was like, oh, I've I, I never really thought about that. And she says, well, I says, well, what's what's an offer? She says, well, what have you done in your past like that you've enjoyed? What kind of things, what kind of, like, not to be intrusive, but what kind of sex have you enjoyed? Yeah. And I was but like... There's a difference between doing and enjoying it and <clears throat> getting paid to do it by people you've never met before. Exactly. And um, But it was a good starting point. So I said, well... I've tied, I tied my ex up and he tied me up. And she was like, well, that's bondage. So you've done bondage. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's got a name. Um, I said, I peed on him. And she went, well, that's water sports. And, and I, so I started rhyming off all these things that I'd done. And she's like, yeah, you, you've done quite a lot. So, like, there's a lot of kink in your life already. Which now, you thought was normal at the time. Which, I'd, yeah, because I, yeah. I would never have thought I'm kinky. I just, I just do what I do and that's it and um, so she said to me right now we've got a list what out of that list would you be prepared to do with somebody that you don't really know or you've never met and um, and I said well there's certain things on there that I definitely wouldn't do because I just wouldn't feel comfortable but um, there's things that I'll try and there's things that I'll definitely do so things like tying somebody up foot worship um, those kind of things I was fine with and then the rest I thought well I'll just try it and if and it's really dependent on what are the requests that are coming in. So I can just... What's like the top three? What's the top three requests for people that come to you for the first time? Um, the most common things I get are anal play. So anything to do with strap on or, or butt plugs and things like that. And that's you on them, not the other way about? I don't get. I don't even take my clothes off. So ever? Ever. Right, so this is this is just <laughs> fascinating. You never take your clothes off. There's no flesh on flesh. There's no flesh on. So you're just letting them have the pleasure. But you're in charge. But, 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 but you're Magana, in charge. Magana's yeah. in charge. Yeah. So part of it for the, is, it, is customer the right word? Client. 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 Sub. Sub. sub yeah. Sub is that they um, might be somebody who have who needs to be brought down a peg or to who maybe who might be a boss themselves yeah. and they want to yeah sometimes it's that sometimes it's like they just want a break from decision making like they maybe make all of the decisions in the house all of the decisions at work all of the and they're just like somebody take that from me and and, and see, and, see and, and we'll can, we'll get into it in more detail because I've, I've as Kat alluded to I've been in the dungeon a couple of times and I know what goes on. Can I ask have you been there as a client? No, no, not never, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about it? No, it's because it's, it's really not. It's not. It's not a thing that that interests me. Although I am fascinated by the subject yeah. and the dungeon that Megara owns is. It is a, I've described it as a work of art. I mean, it really is. You need to see it to believe it. 
But what I'm getting at here in regards to like the, the top three, four things that that your clients would um, ask for. Yeah. There's no flesh to flesh contact. There's everything you're doing is legal. Yeah. Everything is legal, and you pay your taxes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because everyone yeah. has this perception that what you do is either a wrong, it's mm. immoral, and 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 it's against the law. Yeah. And it's not. No. Nope. You pay your taxes like everybody else. Absolutely. And it hurts. <laughs> is that your speciality? That's, that's the pain that I endure. <laughs> so everyone else can endure there. So top three, you started with. Yeah, so yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so anything to do with like butt plugs and anal play. That's that's one that I get a lot. Um, role play humiliation is the next one. Um, I'm very good at the verbal humiliation. You enjoy that, don't you? Love, I love the creativity of it, and I love, I, I love using language and communication, and and using that to, to help people. You're, you're a very good speaker. You're a great speaker, so I can imagine you being able to think on your feet like that. And yeah. you must know what triggers them as well. The ones you've, I can work yeah, it out, and yeah. I can work it out just from, like. Even just little changes in their facial expression or their body language, or it's hard to really quantify what it is I'm looking for, but I know it when I see it. So um, when it comes to when it comes to the verbal humiliation side of things, I think a lot of <clears throat> you can do all the kind of normal stuff. Oh, you're a loser, or you're this, you're that. But I like to I like to dig a wee bit deeper and right, find well, what is that. So well, you've known thing? you for eight years. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> What would you say? Give me a minute or thirty seconds worth. How would how would you verbally humiliate you and Cameron? Oh you can man, take it. I am. Are you, are you can have a wee think about that while we talk about other things, no, right? I no, no, this is like he's in your. This is dark. This could be dungeon esque. It's got a dungeon feel about it. This room it does have a dungeon. It feel does about have a dungeon it, feel about it. I like this wallpaper. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, we're changing the subject here, aren't we? <laughs> Look at you all squirming. Look at both of us. I, can be, I can be so vicious. I don't even want to open that door. I want to, I've got the key. Lose I'm, pal. I'm turning the key. I'll give you permission. 30 seconds. Okay, 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Um, so, I need a bit more background. What are you into and what are you definitely not into? Oh, you want me to be... You want me to talk about my life? <laughs> oh, my... <laughs> Oh come on! How would you know what my intent on my note? I mean, uh-huh. is there any is there anything that you don't want to um, that would maybe set off like a trauma or something if I said it? His entire life is a trauma. So <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, um, no, I don't. No, not in regards to. Did I not hear once that um, you had to? You were getting dinner money every day. That you just you just didn't control your own finances. Did you not say that? That's one right. Time? Yeah, I don't. Oh, his wife uh, still gives him like a like I get, money. I get mm-hmm. I get like um, I get a tenor and yeah. I, the, the, yeah. So this is where you would start. Right? I think this is probably where I yeah, would okay. go with it. And um, I think. How do you remember that that I that I get kind of like this is your? I remember all sorts of things. Yeah, about people. weird. You remember that one, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, I kind of like Teresa just dishes, my wife dishes at the money. Okay, so I think with you, what I would probably do is introduce chastity to that. What? Chastity. So get a device. Cha- oh, chastity's a thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I always thought you were so bringing another the, friend in. Have a, have a chastity <laughs> device where not only do you only get a wee tenor for your, for your lunch, um, you also have all of your bits just locked away and you have to have to beg to get access to them or at least clean the house and clean the car out and be a very, very good boy. <laughs> 
No. And have you have you crawling about and then just like fling a tenner at you? Go get yourself sweeties. <laughs> get yourself sweeties. Hi, and welcome to another episode of G4 Play. This is when Ewan Cameron takes on a member of staff here at G4 Claims. Hi, Ewan. Hi, Kat. How are you? I'm very good. The scores are very tight at the moment. It's three each, so everything to play for today. So tell me, who are you playing against today? Let's find out. Who do we have here from G4 Claims playing G4 Play? I'm Laura. I'm the project manager for the Gary and Tower project. Oh, oh yes. look at you. Project manager of the Gary and Tower. Oh, dying. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a very simple quiz. I'm going to describe something. If you think you know the answer, you have to buzz in and tell me what that is. So, Ewan, buzzer noises, please. Yes, yeah, your buzzer noises ding. Ding. So what are you? Ding. Ding. And what are you, Ewan? I've always been a dong, and I will continue to be a dong. I'm a dong. <laughs> yes, you so are. So we're ding and dong. Okay, Laura, Ewan, are yes. we ready to play? Yes. Go for it. It starts off hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Should I ding that? Absolutely not. <laughs> should, should I dong it? <laughs> it ends up soft. Dong. Ewan. That's my answer. Dong. <laughs> Incorrect. I was just saying that. Some people like it al dente. It ends up, it starts hard, ends soft. Oh, no, can, oh. Laura. Mozzarella. No. <laughs> mozzarella? I don't know. Mozzarella? Mozzarella. I just thought my baby cook it. I don't even know what al dente means, so I just went with that. <laughs> a bit, a, a bit of bite. Okay. <laughs> it, it doesn't grow on trees. It can be hard, it can be soft, it's al dente, and it doesn't grow on trees. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't grow on trees. Can we come back to al dente? Is it, is it dong? <laughs> Ewan. Pasta? Close. Oh. Oh. What is it then? It's Italian. What? It's Italian? I've just... Dong. Ewan. Spaghetti. It's the right answer. Oh, yes. It's your face. <laughs> Daddy Terra Project Manager just got pumped. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. The score is now 4-3. Just four, about three. to go and Google al dente. <laughs> it means with a bit of bite, so kind of a bit chewy. <laughs> the score is 4-3 to Ewan Cameron. So you start off as a dominatrix, mm-hmm. right? You're really into it. You really want to do it. And this is your job or it's not your job. At what point do you decide this is your full-time job and you're no longer going to work in sales, cars, pharmaceuticals, and you're no longer going to be a dancer? This is what I'm going to do. When do you make that decision? So so I was at university in dancing and then I realised that dancing was just, it was tiring me out because it's night shift. And I wanted to be able to pick my own hours a bit better and have it work around university. So I was dancing, I was at uni and I was a dom at the same time. And then I got to a level of um, business with the dom stuff that I was able to let go of the dancing and just put that by the side. And then, so I'm at university and I'm... um, and I'm working as a, a dominatrix. And then in 2012, I was just about to sit my exams for fourth year. So I've got my degree, but I was going for my honours. And I was just about to sit exams in fourth year. And my ex-husband from before, 
um, he shot himself and died. And so I dropped out of university because I just couldn't handle it at all. And um, Was he still in America? Yeah, he was right. in America. We hadn't spoken for a while and... It's still an absolute shock. Oh, it was like the worst pain imaginable. It felt like somebody had pulled my insides out of me. And, um, and then I just, I couldn't handle university anymore and I just thought, right, if I'm going to, I can't just do nothing. So um, so I went into Domin full time after that. And, and, and it, it, so you went to that full time. At what point do you decide to build the dungeon, dungeon that you now have? How long have you had that? Because <clears throat> um, it was there in 2015 when I met you. Yeah, so I've had I've had that place since 2015. So it wasn't long after we I met. had that place right. that we met. Um, Can I also, for anyone listening, I wasn't there as a client, just want to reaffirm that. <laughs> I was there with STV to do, do a film. Do you back to that device or not? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to I was there to film a special for STV, um, and that's when we struck up a friendship. But yeah. But yeah, so I, I was, so I was, I was, that was quite new then when I saw your dungeon for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was around that time. So at that time, when he killed himself, I was living in Paisley and I had my own studio there. It wasn't anywhere near what I've got now. It was just a room in my house. Um, but that was the first place that I bought and I'm like, this is mine. I can do what I want with it. It's like, I can hang a picture in the wall if I want to and then I can move that picture and I don't need to ask for permission. And, um, and so... I set that place up, then we'd become friends and um and I've had that place ever since. So it's like Is this part of your house? It's um in- it's in my basement, so it's a separate entrance and everything and so for the house, the house is all in one level and and then I go out the back door, can lock the back door, and then I go into a different entrance into the basement. So you so can totally no- Split yeah. the work life home, yeah. home life. Yeah. Yeah, there's even no though, even though it's there. There's no access between the two either, so it's yeah. it's and see, client-wise, is it majority male? Is it is there females yeah. as well? I've, there... got, I've got one female. One female. <laughs> That's it. I've okay. only had one female my whole career. And, and see your, your clientele, what's the age range, generally so, speaking, for you and the people who use your services? The, the age range has definitely changed as I've got older, and that's down to who I'm attracting. Um, when I first started, it was like... 21, 22 year olds that just want to try it. She looks a bit young. I still looked very strippery. And um, and they were just, that was the kind of guys I was getting. As I get a wee bit older um, and a bit more a bit more experienced, a bit more distinguished in the in the industry, I started getting older clients. And the oldest I've had was 94. 94? Yep, 94. And what did he want done? He wanted to. He's got such a good story. Um, he wanted to dress as um, as a woman, and their story was really about. Um, they'd always liked to dress as a woman, not doing it full time or anything like that. But it was just one of their things that they liked to do, and and they were married, they had kids, and because of the time that they grew up, the wife was always just saying, look, if you're going to do this, don't let the kids see it. Like, you're going to have to go and get another, get yourself a different flat somewhere. I mean, they, they had the finances and the resources to do that, so that was lucky for them. Um, but they went and, and got this nice flat in the town and used to go out every week, one day a week, and just go dress and then go to polo or go to wherever and, and just go to bars and things and go out as a woman. It was quite lonely because they're just out on their own on a Wednesday night and trying to meet people and, and build up friendships and things. So 
later on their wife died of cancer and um, after that they just felt really um, guilty like dressing and, and doing that kind of thing so that's when they started contacting dominatrices and getting a mistress so they had another dominatrix and then they contacted me um, explained the situation they said look the thing that really takes away the guilt is if someone tells me to dress that way and then it's not me that's made the decision um, and I said right okay good and they said um, what I'd also really like is I'd like to just be able to go out in normal things and have another woman with me to give me a bit of credibility and because I'm I'm quite scared going out on my own in case someone goes oh you're not mm-hmm. um, you know you're not a woman and all of this kind of stuff and I said that's fine so um, at one point I actually knew every single item in this person's wardrobe and I knew all of their, their nail colour shades and everything and what I would do is just create an outfit for them and send them it. This wow. is how you're going to dress today. And they would then follow that and and then we'd go to the theatre or we'd go to we'd go to really nice places and go for nice dinners and things and they were just like, this is great. I, f- I just feel like... This but is that, just- he would have felt alive for the first time ever. Absolutely. By you being there by his side, yeah. gave him credibility. Yeah. And that he wasn't on his own and he wasn't... Yeah, that's actually, that's really nice, actually, but to be honest with you. I'm guessing for everyone who has a story that they tell you, there are a lot more people that don't tell you their stories and they come for you just to give them that whatever makes them very happy. Yeah, you know and that's, I mean? the, that's the difference that... Uh, there's a distinction in mm. there between in between what's a sub, a submissive, and what's a what we term a slave. Um, so the the submissive people they have their prescribed list. I want this, this, and this, and that's all I want. And I want to be hit with this implement this many times. And they can be very, very prescriptive about it. And they won't go outside of that. And then you've got on the other side people who term themselves as slaves, and they they're prepared and happy to do anything as long as it makes the mistress happy so even things that they don't like doing and that they're very distinct from each other that's a psychological battle though because you're really going to have to evaluate everything how far to push them and that's why we need need to have a lot of communication is that like the safe words and things that have I mean, have I just watched Fifty Shades of Grey? And that is think definitely that a big life. part of it. But even just having that really open, frank, and honest communication—like if you're not enjoying something, say. Like yeah. if if you if you want to try something, say. Just talk to me. Be open, and um, because a lot of the time, recently, what I've been getting is a lot of young guys who maybe watch a bit of porn or OnlyFans or whatever, and then they 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 don't really dig into what it is that they actually want, why they want it, or. They see something, they just a don't clip have the, of something. They don't have the depth of Aye. thought into it. So they phone up and they say, um, I want a session. And I'm like, right, what is it that you're into? Or oh, just domination. And I'm like, well, that covers a lot of stuff. So, and What's your one thing? What's the, your kink eye? And they, they don't want to put themselves on the line for, um, for having to explain what is it that you're really into. Because they want to stay in their little comfort zone, that safe bubble. And if yeah. you say it, it might be a bit scary. So... Then, you know, you get them into the dungeon and they're like, so you get a bit more information out of them, like literally dragging teeth. And then they come into the dungeon and they're like, oh, just do whatever you want. So that's the point where I bring out, <laughs> I've got a, I never, I've never used it and I never will, but, um, or maybe I should say that I probably will use it. 
right? So, but I've got this device. I'm doing that because you hold it in your hand, and um, you put little rubber bands on it, and you stretch it out, and it's actually for castrating sheep. And so, so then I pull that out, and I go, anything I want to do, okay, cool. So I've got this sheep castrating device that I've not used yet, and I'm absolutely choking to use it, and they're like, <laughs> colour comes out their face, and they're just, no, no, well, I'm like, but you said, you though, just but me, you said, nice. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's part of it's embarrassment or fear. Some of it's just laziness. They don't want to play an active part in their own session, and they want me to do all the work. And I'm like, no, 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 this is not how this works at all. And um, and I had one. I've got one client. He's a big farmer, and um, and he's that started, why the sheep castrator comes out. <laughs> I've I've pulled that out on him before, and he's like, I know what that is. <laughs> Get that away from me. And I'm like, okay, but um, but yeah. So we with him, he started getting a bit lazy, and he's like, oh, just do whatever you want. And I says, right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to do whatever I want, but the condition is that you can't complain about anything. Not one thing can you complain about it, and he's like, "Well, I don't know, because he's a moaner, right?" And <laughs> and um, and he eventually agreed. And I, you know, I didn't go f- like a hundred miles an hour or anything on him, but I did push him. And then after it, he was like, "Right, so see for the next session, I know exactly what I want." Here's a question for you. I, I know that um, there's no skin to skin contact, flesh to flesh contact, etc. Yep. But do your clients do they get um, what's the word I'm looking for here? They, they'll obviously get aroused. Aye. Mm-hmm. And do they do they sort reach them? Reach their happy place. Reach their, do they do? <laughs> That's do, what do, he's trying to yeah, say. I, without, yeah, not, without going into too much not detail, not as often as you'd think. But as um, I'm saying, so it's yeah. more about being you're in charge, and they yeah. get a they get their thrill out of you doing what they like to. So here's my next question then. Are they coming to you because they're in a relationship and they're embarrassed to 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 ask their wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband or whatever it might be to do it? Is a lot of it to do with that, that they're just it's not what is the norm Uh and I'm too embarrassed to say this is what I like. Part of it is that, yeah, that's a massive problem right now. Like, people just aren't able to be authentic and be straight about what it is that they want. But also, we live in a culture now of, like, cancelling people for the least wee thing. So are you really going to go out and say, oh, I'm into this, that, and the next thing, no, but, and then but, but someone talking, I'm, I'm not, I'm, it's not PC? I'm, I'm not talking about, like, going out publicly and talking about it, but if you're married, yeah, if you are in a relationship, mm-hmm. do you find that a lot of your clients know that they can ask their partner and they come to you to get that thrill that they can't get in their own private life some of them do yeah and some of them and it's that's the saddest part because like why why do you find that sad i find it sad because there's there's a whole chunk missing out of their communication and their relationship that if it was there then they would be closer They'd, you know, they'd have a better relationship. So you find other. it sad that they can't communicate what they like and dislike. Yeah, and or that, or that they feel that that wouldn't be received in any sort of positive way. Like there's no acceptance of each other because they're not accepting them for liking or not liking what they're into, and they feel like they won't accept them for being into that thing or not being into stuff. And is is there any part of you then, like, because again, this is completely no non-judgmental that sees what they're doing as cheating 
Do you know what I mean? And I know from your business head, you must have to completely take that out of your brain. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to clients that tell me, if someone says to me, because I don't really ask about that side of things, right? Yeah. It's up to them to share and that fairness, if that's, they want that's to. That's not your problem. No. But, but when they do share that, um, I have a coaching conversation with them. Do you? So this is so this is the other side because you've studied yeah. psychology. Yeah, and you're a life coach. You're a life coach as well, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. So I have that conversation. Right. So, with so them. right. I'm like, so what is what is it that's either missing or in your way that means that you cannot say that to your partner? And then I give them. We talk about it and we talk about what's getting in their way. And I'm like, what is it that you're really here for? It's not the spanking. Like you're here for some sort of. There's a need that's underneath there that's not getting met. So, so you drill down. You yeah. drill down to find out what the root cause of that is. Yeah. And when you find out what the root cause of that is, do they come back or not? Yes, they come back. They come back. Yeah. And usually what happens is they come back until they resolve that. And then well, within their own head. Yeah. That's that's just like a real alternative therapy then, isn't it? <laughs> it can I mean, be, yeah. And it wasn't until I started doing the life coaching that I realised actually I'm doing the same thing in two different spaces. Mm-hmm. It's just this space happens to be a little bit different from the other space that I'm in, and um, so 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 again, again, this is because as Cat was saying there, it's not anything on you. But when you find that person may be married and have children because maybe giving you that information, do you feel any sort of guilt? I can't control what they do, what they choose to do with their life. Like yeah, so I don't I don't feel guilty over it because it's not my. It's yeah. not my life. They, yeah. they, that's their responsibility and their decision. They own. Yeah. That and um, do you feel do you feel sorry for the wife or the partner or whoever? I don't know them. Yeah. And I, and I think if I was to feel sorry for somebody, I would be seeing them as small, whereas I don't see anybody as small. And I don't I, I, like. I know what you mean. Good answer. Do you know what I mean? I don't. I don't minimise people yeah. like that. And You're go, not judging them. Have oh, you ever had a, a a partner or wife that's found out about you, or found out that their husband's you know coming to see you? Have you ever had that kind of aggro? Um, I've I've had a couple of phone calls mm. and and um, I had one woman who phoned me up and she was just furious, like absolutely furious. And we ended up having a chat about it. And, and I said, look, there's there's conversations that you need to have. I'm not here to, I'm not here to split his up or mm-hmm. try and steal your man or anything like that. But there's things that he's into that he's not telling you about. And you're, like, you need to have those conversations. If you have those conversations... You wouldn't be here. You'll be in a better place. Yeah. Like, And if you don't like the things that he's into, then that's another conversation to have. And we ended up chatting for a wee bit and she was like, right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> and then I don't know, he never came back, so I don't know what happened and now between your pals them. You and, and, together. <laughs> and I just think, uh, it's just such an opportunity. Yeah. Like, I don't see that as a, I see that as an opportunity. S- see, seeing your job, right, because obviously there's a lot of people who maybe use you and your, your dungeon and your services because they they can't be that person in their relationship. Yeah. Is that getting better or is it getting worse that people are not communicating when they, they're in that relationship? If things start to get a bit stale, mm. things get a wee bit boring, that they don't try and resolve that. Is that getting worse or better? I would say worse. It's getting worse, is it? Aye, I would definitely say worse. And what stops people from trying to resolve that? Why do they just sort of like turn away from it? Um, Fear. And also the amount of choice that's out there now. 
Like I blame right. mobile phones for everything. I mean, you go on, you go on Tinder, you go on seeking arrangements, you go on um, Bumble and Hinge, and all, all of these. I mean, the choices out there. People are now. I, I definitely saw when apps started to come out that people were just treating others as disposable. Yeah. Right. So it's like a. It's like. If you go, if you go and buy yourself a pair of jeans from Armani, right? You're going to look after them. You're going to make sure that they're, like, they're kept in good condition. You'll keep a hold of them for a while. But if you buy a pair of jeans from Primark, Primark, right? Just throw them away. Like if they if they start looking a bit tack, just get a new pair, and you tend is not to what, look after them as much. Is that what society's turning into? Aye, definitely. You need to look me in the eye and tell me not to be the Primark jeans. <laughs> Do not be the Primark jeans. Thank you. You're our Manny jeans. Yes. You're our yes. Manny. You're our Manny jeans. Yes, cat. I am. Right. When you go to your bed tonight, just say to yourself, "I'm our Manny jeans." Yeah, you're our <laughs> I wish I could remember that after ten vodkas and a Friday night. <laughs> but see, for you personally, like mm-hmm. um, we've, we've heard enough about your clients and stuff like that. Do you ever feel used by it all? Not never. Do you still enjoy never. it after all these years? Mm-hmm. Love it. Do you still love, love it? it? Love it, love it, love it. The thing is, I actually genuinely completely believe you. Yeah. You've seen your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Do you still get and a buzz it, from it? What is that then? Is it, is it the empowerment? Is it the knowing that you're in control of your own destiny and you've chosen this? I think it's... I used to job hop. I mm. job hopped all the time. Three, four months I would stay in a job and then I'd be like, oh, fuck this. Because I hated working for people and making them money. Mm. I hated it. And um, and I love, I love the variety of what I do. Everything's always different. Um, and you're in control. I love of everything. I love the depth of connection with people because they're telling me things sometimes that they've never told another soul, and I take that really seriously. And um, and it's such a good laugh. Like I get to say and do things that I would never get away with. This is what I really want. <laughs> no, right. What What are some of the funniest things you've been asked to do that you've you've done, but you're actually you're laughing inside and you can't wait to tell your best friend so i laugh in the dungeon oh, like, right, i'm okay. fully like he on and laughing all the time yeah. but um yeah i've done a lot of mad stuff like i had one guy who i don't know if i've told you this story I before the fisherman guy fisherman guy he was in a splosh which is having food thrown over you right but he also had another couple of fetishes that we wanted to layer in there. So there was a role play of it's a game show called Mr. and Mrs. So he'd created oh, this whole thing. So we're doing playing Mr. and Mrs. I was to be the host, the wife, and the crowd, right? So you have outfit changes or is it just Oh, we hear the outfit. <laughs> So his other fetish is for fisherman coats, right? So like this big yellow Sylvester thing. Big yellow. So a fisherman yeah. coat and a fisherman hat, right? <laughs> right. I'm a game show host. I'm in the crowd and I'm his wife. I've no microphone, so I've got a big black dildo and this thing's wobbling about while I'm like, right, ladies and gentlemen, like, <laughs> and it, who do we have here? And, like, and he's talking into the dildo like it's a microphone. And um, and then I'm asking him questions about his wife and I'm like, what do you think? Did he get that right? And then I'm like, no, he didn't get that right. 
it never gets these things right and I'm just like playing all these different roles and um, and I'm like crowd what should we do with him and they're like gunge him gunge him <laughs> so I'm like well the crowd says we've got a gunge so I'm playing I'm like it's like a split personality or something right and I'm jumping about all these things and um, I says well I'm sorry but I'm afraid uh, you, you've lost and um, your wife says that you're going to have to put on her clothes and you're going to have to get in that bathtub and you're getting gunged and he's like oh no so <laughs> So he'd brought a bag of clothes that were his wife's clothes, right? So normally when guys want to dress up in their wife's clothes, they want to wear lingerie and yeah, nice lacy things. Stuff. Well, he brought a big woolly jumper, a big frumpy, ill-fitting woolly jumper and a denim, heavy, thick denim skirt that went from here to his ankles and it had buttons all down the front and it was like a, an A-line. An A-line, yep. And you know the, the skirt and I'm like... I cannot believe that this is what he's going to... And he does up every individual button. And I'm just standing with my dildo in a fucking fisherman's outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for him to do this. So glad I got my psychology degree. (laughs) Waiting for him to do these buttons up. So then um, I put him in the bath and I'm throwing custard on him and I'm like, he's not even feeling that because it's not getting through the clothes. Not a thick woolly jumper. The many layers. So, and and after it, he was delighted. Absolutely delighted. The happiest man in the world. Happiest man in the world. So... I did not know what to make of you when Ewan was determined to get you on the podcast. I mean, like, I know nothing about... That life. Dungeons and dominatrices and stuff like that. But what I've got from you is somebody who's very much in charge of your own life. You've made these decisions. Yes. You've chosen to do this. You enjoy what you do. Yeah. You're adding the psychology that you've learned to, I think, actually help people. Yes. Um, What would you say to a lot of... I guess women that are not securing themselves. I mean, I'm not saying turn us all into people that can go and spank people and crap in tubs for a living, but just to just to make us, I don't know, more more strong in ourselves God, in our everyday so, in our everyday life because you seem to have nailed it. There's so much that I could that I could impart, but I would say the main things is is nothing bad happens when you get what you want. Nothing bad happens when you say what you want and nothing bad happens when you know what you want. So, you know, do those things. Go out and be... The the word that I use with clients is be unreasonable. Don't let reasons and excuses and stories and whatever you've been told growing up to get in your way. Be absolutely fucking unreasonable with yourself and your life and just go out and say, I want that. And just, you know share it with people don't hold that stuff in because you don't know who you're telling that might know somebody that knows somebody that could help make that happen yeah. so really start to you said open up yeah get everybody else get everybody else's opinions and shite out your way and just sit with yourself and go what is it that I what actually I want? want for me uh-huh. and how can I get that and then start saying it mm-hmm. start telling people sort of affirmations well more than that because affirmations, sometimes we do them in private and we, we we let them go and we don't really act on them. But like the law of attraction, right? So the, the thing that I say to clients is that you can't spell attraction without action. That's where it's going to happen because anybody can make a, a vision board and then it ends up a pretty picture in their wall. Anybody can write down a whole bunch of things and then just fucking put it in a drawer and forget about it and go, oh, well, yeah, I would have done it if only... It takes something to say, you know what, I'm going to take that action by this time and then go do it. And then do the next one and then the next one. It doesn't need to be grand things. It can be tiny little things. But 
those tiny little things add up and then before you know it you've got the life that you want not the life that somebody gave you or told you that you were meant to have or the life that you fell into or you ended up with because nobody wants to be in a life that they ended up with they want you want a life of your own creation and and the cool part about that is everything that's happened in your past is gone it's not going to happen again it's not happening right now so forget about it and the future there's nothing in anybody's future it's blank so there's nothing predetermined or pre-written. So when you really get that, that you're always in the moment, then what is there really to be scared of? You're Literally, if you're thinking about the future and getting worried, you're scared of nothing because there's nothing there. It's not predetermined. I might die in the next five minutes. I've got no idea. So why not I mean, live? this chat's bad, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> why not just that fucking bad. live, man? Go out and do whatever, whatever it is that you want. Yeah. Go make it happen. Love it. Brilliant. Um, right, let's do this. Pull the desk. Are you ready? Yes. Go. Pick a question. Have a read of it. If you don't like oh, that question, think- you can then throw away. Oh, must be my greatest heartbreak. Do I answer that? You don't have to. You can pick I another think one. You already have. You can have, haven't you? Yeah, I would say I have. Right, going in. I have. Yeah. Okay. Well, you go answer this one then. Oh man, that's some sparkly, by the way. Are you engaged? To I be am married. Engaged. I'm going to the wedding. Yes. You're going to the wedding. Mm. Yes. And what does he make of your your uh, career? Oh, this is going to be great. Uh, he's he's totally fine with it. Yeah. He's a lovely um, guy. Oh, he's such a good lovely guy. Oh my god, guy. he's an angel. Yeah. An absolute like him a lot. angel. Um, yeah. If you were to trade bodies with someone of another gender for a day, what's the first thing you would do? <laughs> oh, that's a thing. Yeah. You can make that up. <laughs> what's the first thing that I would do? Um, so you're going to be. You're going to have my body. You know, Why are you screwing your face up like that? <laughs> cheeky cow. Is there any other guys? Anyone, anyone you want. <laughs> yeah, cheeky cow. <laughs> Anybody. This is, it was any, 30 any, seconds of humiliation. You didn't say it had to be all in the one. All right, <laughs> got you, got you. Uh, what's the first thing I would do? Um, honestly, uh-huh. I think I'd just go for a pish. Standing up. <laughs> I'd just go and pish on things. I'd love it. I'd pish on everything. I'd go outside. I'd, I'd go out at night time and I'd have a pish outside. Doing a lane somewhere. That's what I'd do. I'd just go and do, I'd experience that freedom for myself. Aye. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'd do. And that's, uh, that's do. a great way to end the show, yes. I think. Um, <laughs> and it's a classy end. Yes. It's been an absolute pleasure. Her name is Magara Fury. She's a, a brilliant person who I love dearly and has been a good friend for a number of years. And um, we'll remain friends for a long time to come. And I look forward to going to your wedding. Yeah. And um, I would stay away from the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Clapping a rap. <laughs> is, it, is it haggis bonbons? <laughs> That's the gamble. You know, I take. <laughs> Magara Fury. Thank you.